This is the Grand Tapestry Podcast, brought to you by My Family Channel. Each one of our elder stories is a unique thread in the Grand Tapestry of American history. In this podcast, we will examine them one by one to honor them and to gain perspective through their experience. Hello, I'm Todd Smith from My Family Channel, and we are here today with Mrs. Pat O'Sullivan from Magnolia Springs, East Louisville, in Louisville, Kentucky. Miss Pat, thank you for joining us today on this, our second episode of the Grand Tapestry Podcast. Thank you for having me, Todd. Of course. Well, thank you for coming from uh, the far east end of Louisville all the way downtown. And um, thanks to Amy Webb for facilitating and bringing you down and participating and supporting all of this. The reason we're doing this is we want to capture your story. We, we want to hear from you in your own words what life was like, what, what it was like growing up when you grew up and where you grew up. And we want to learn from those stories and sort of see if we can put ourselves in your shoes and see through your eyes and, and then take that perspective back to our own day and time. And it helps us understand how we got here and maybe then better where we're going. So wisdom from the past for the future. <laughs> so you want to share some wisdom with us today? If I had any, I'd certainly share it. <laughs> okay. All right. Let's go back in time. Let's rewind all the way to when you were born, and let's just start at the beginning. So where were you born and when were you born? I was born in a very small town in southern Illinois called Benton. Benton, Illinois. Benton, Illinois. We had about 8,500 people okay. when I was there. Okay. And uh, it was September the 9th, 1930. September 9th, 1930. Mm-hmm. So, first of all, you have a birthday coming up. Yes. <laughs> I'll be 89. 89. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. So, Benton... Now, where is that in the state? Is that near... It's in the very tip of southern Illinois. Illinois is a very long state, about 500 miles. So we were about 300 miles south of Chicago. There were 71 miles to go on down to Carroll. And then Chicago has a couple of miles above it. Okay, yeah. It's a big, long state. That's a long state. So I guess that's what almost near St. Louis or... Well, it's between Evansville and St. Louis. Okay, okay. And maybe you know of Carbondale, mm-hmm. Mount Vernon, mm-hmm. around there. Okay, okay. So 1930, Southern Illinois, Midwest, mm-hmm. America, right before the Depression. Mm-hmm. What are your memories of, of growing up in that area? What did you do for fun? What was life like in that day and time and place? Well, I had it real good. okay. I never felt the depression at all because I was born in 30 and it was just... You were three. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) So I had a good, and my life was filled with dancing. Oh, wow. I was one of the few kids in town who got to take dancing lessons. Oh, great. And we went from town to town. We had a troupe, went from town to town and danced on whatever stage they had, and uh, the kids who took dancing lessons in that town always got to dance, but then I traveled with another troupe that was the 
we were the headliners. So you were the, the yeah, star, yeah, right? Yeah. Were you a were you the diva? Were you a diva? At that time, <laughs> <laughs> if there was a, such a thing. <laughs> but we would, you know, there was no television or anything. We'd pull up to these theaters, nice theaters, and there'd be a line around the block waiting huh. to get in. Wow. Standing room only. That's awesome. Yeah. So it was good training. I was never bashful, never had stage fright. I was oh, used to it. Yeah. You know? So, f- so you were how old? Six, eight, ten years old? or Well, I started at three and three. I quit at 80. <laughs> <laughs> so I bet you got pretty good. I hope so. A lot of practice. If I didn't, I should have. <laughs> so you really started before you were too young to even be shy or, or right. you know, you yes, were just grew yes. up dancing yes. on stages. Yes. So, and then, of course, later, as I got a little older, I spent lots of time on skating rinks. Really? And, you know, kind of the same. Then later on, by then, the, the it was, I guess, the end of the Depression. But like I said, I really didn't know it. There was such a thing as a CCC. CCC. Uh, there were, they had a bunch of camps for boys, and they put them to work. They built a lot of uh, parks and things. Oh, and oh, then there was uh, the WPA. WPA. And they built a great big lake by our little town huh. with a diving board and you know big swimming pool and stuff. And so we got to spend a lot of time swimming out there. Huh. And there was a pavilion right next door. So then we danced there. Uh-huh. And then there were outdoor skating rinks, and that's huh. where I got to skate. Oh, that's great. That sounds like so much fun. What were the dances that you did? It was like... Well, the dances that of my time would have been swing, mostly. Swing. Yeah. Wow. Oh, yeah. yeah. The Roaring Twenties. Yeah. But, I mean, that wasn't the dances I was doing on stage. It was ballet and tap oh, and, okay. and ballet and tap and acrobatics and, hmm. and point and, you know, but... Mm-hmm. When we went out with our boyfriends later, we did the swing and stuff. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Oh, that that's was, so fun. That was much later. Yeah. When you're 20s, maybe. Or, yes. Yeah. Do you have any pictures from those days? Or? Not much. Not you much. know, in those days, everybody didn't have a camera like mm-hmm. we do now. Mm-hmm. And so once in a while in the summer, an aunt of mine who lived in Chicago would come down to Benton, and I'd have to put on all my costumes for that year, and she'd take a picture. But not really pictures of me dancing. Right. More of a a portrait. Yeah. Yeah, I guess taking a picture then was was kind of a bigger thing. A big deal. It was a a big production. I mean, we've probably got more pictures in the last half hour here than (laughs) no doubt. (laughs) maybe the first 20 years of your life. Boy, it's funny how things change. Yes, they've changed uh, um, a great deal. So you were, was this like competitive dancing or just oh, for... Oh, no, it was shows. Shows. Yes. And if I wasn't dancing with my troupe, some club or something wanted us to dance huh. someplace. And we were the entertainment. Huh. But, That's, you know, in, in those days, that was all there was. They thought we yeah. were great. Oh, I'm sure you were. <laughs> So I've so I've known you now for I don't know a year and a half two years and mm-hmm. I never knew that about you. Well, of course not. I mean, when you're 89, you you don't dance much. <laughs> well, but that's so much a part of your 
life it and was, your story. Yes. And, you know, I yes. guess that's sort of why we like doing this. So yes. now do your friends at Magnolia Springs know about your dance history? Maybe some of them. I don't know. Well, maybe they will after hearing this. <laughs> <laughs> so that takes us into the 40s. Oh, yes. and how did World War II affect your family and your, you would have been 15 or... You know, I'm kind of embarrassed to tell you that when World War II was declared, I was 11. And I think we were probably protected somewhat. Mm-hmm. And about the only thing I knew about World War II was when I went to the movies on a Saturday afternoon, and they'd show the news, and they'd show those planes whirling down. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I was just a kid. That was kind of exciting to mm. us. I didn't think that somebody was dying in that plane. Right, right. You know? Well, you're 11. You don't. Yeah. Your your whole context is different. And I think 11 year olds today know a lot more than we did. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you think about with technology, mm-hmm. the news spreads mm-hmm. worldwide mm-hmm. in just seconds. Mm-hmm. You know, in a few seconds after something big happens, everyone in the whole world knows about it because they're everyone's connected. Yeah. I'll bet that made a big difference on how you learned about things and how you even sure felt about them. We were probably way behind on all our news. Hmm. We got the Globe from St. Louis. Is that a newspaper? Yes, yes. And then we had a local newspaper. Even newspapers now are sort of... Very different. Yeah. Well, sort of fading out, you know. Yes. Our little local newspaper was just, you know, very small, but mm-hmm. you never saw uh, an error. You never saw a word spell wrong or bad punctuation. And now I can look on the front page of almost any newspaper and proofread, and it's really bad. It's a shame. That's an interesting comment. So there's almost a decline in cultural sophistication almost. Well, I don't know about the culture, but certainly the printing of the papers. The grammar. and The the, grammar, mm -hmm. the spelling, yes. Mm Mm-hmm. That's an interesting thought that as technology gets more advanced, something like grammar devolves. Well, well, another thing is the the children can't write anymore. Hmm. And we we were made to learn to write. You Hmm. know, you look at all the old papers and things, legal papers, the penmanship was beautiful. It was handwritten. Yes. Not even... Yes. Not even, Not even Xeroxed. Or, yeah, right. That's true. You know, I, I think that I am actually guilty a bit of that myself because I type all the time. Of course. And, I mean, I can type fast, but mm-hmm. my writing looks like, <laughs> looks like a chicken. It's a good point. I don't know how important that is. It's just an observation. Yeah. No, that's, that's really interesting, though. Those are the kinds of observations we're really interested in because mm-hmm. we don't we don't know what it was like before mm-hmm. but you do so you can tell us and then we can compare and draw conclusions but do you remember when uh you know the first TVs came out well i don't know just when they came out but we had one of the first one of the first in, ones in our little neighborhood and 
people really did used to come up and look through our windows and watch <laughs> some of the programs. Really? They would stand. If we were, like, having dinner and the TV was on, they'd stand on the front porch and watch it. <laughs> so did you know they were there and it was oh, okay? Yes. So oh, it yes. Didn't... We were fine with that. Okay. Yes. So you having a TV, that was like, oh, wow, the oh, O'Sullivan's yes. have a TV. Yes. Let's go stand on their yes. porch and... They couldn't hear it. They could just see it. I think they could hear it out the front door. Mm -hmm. You know, we'd have it on. Huh. Wow, so different. I mean, we've got 20 screens around us right now. Yes. You know, we can watch yes. TV on our phones, mm -hmm. you know, on the way home. Not while we're driving. But, uh, <laughs> Hope not. <laughs> until we have self-driving cars anyway. Mm -hmm. How were the 50s for you? The was that a... Well, that was the year I got married in 51. Okay. So the 50s were early marriage to me, and I was not having one baby after another, but I had two in the 50s. Okay. Yeah. And boys, girls? Well, the first one was a girl, then a boy, and then I had another two girls later. So were you still in Benton at this time? Or? Oh, no. We moved all over. Oh, okay. And your husband, what, what did he do? My husband was an optician. Oh, okay. And I don't know. I think we've put glasses on just about everybody in the country by now. <laughs> at first, he made and fit glasses. But later on, he got into manufacturing the things that make the lenses. and oh. So it was a different part of the optical business. Okay. And that sounds interesting. Meanwhile, I had gone to business school. So I, I ran the offices, and he traveled all around selling oh. things. So I not only ran a dance school at night, but I ran oh. an optical shop, and not a shop, a have to go manufacturing goods oh, okay. in the day. So you had your very entrepreneurial family. You had a yes. optician business and yes. a dance school. Well, and my folks had a grocery store. Oh, wow. So I grew up in some kind of business. Huh. And my dad raised thoroughbred horses. Oh, really? Yes. And so, was that in Kentucky? No, that was Southern Illinois. Southern Illinois, mm -hmm. okay. Did he race in uh, in the Derby or? Oh no, they weren't that good. Oh. Dade Park in Evansville. Okay, okay. Those kind of races. So this would be in the fifties or? Yes. Fifties, and did you ever? Forties and fifties. Forties and fifties. Did you get to ride those horses? Oh, not the race horses. <laughs> I I wouldn't. Have, I used to walk them, cool them down after a race, but I wouldn't have got on one. But I had a little pony, and as long as I can remember. And the, Her name you, was Reuben. Reuben? Yeah. And you could could you ride your pony? Oh, all the time. Oh, okay. All over Benton. That sounds so cool. What kid doesn't want a pony? Every kid wants a pony. Can you I tell had, you? You actually I, had a pony. I had a pony. Can I tell you about one of my first recollections? Yeah, absolutely. I was asleep. I was a little bitty girl, probably, I don't know, six, seven. And my mother came and woke me up. And... My dad had just come home, and, you know, in those days, all the cars were big. And he had taken the back seat out of this car, and he had a little bitty pony in it. <laughs> <laughs> that was my first pony. That was Ribbon. And Ribbon was too old to run away with a little girl like me. <laughs> 
but she had been a circus pony, so she still pranced, and she was so pretty. Wow, that is uh, awesome. How old were you when that happened? I think about six or six. seven. Yeah. So you're six years old, and you've got a pony. Yes, and I take dancing lessons. And you take dancing I lessons. I was... Sounds like you grew up in a fairy tale. (laughs) No, not really. But but I had some nice things, yes. Oh, that's awesome. Let's see. So we get into the 60s, and were you a hippie? Oh, no. No? (laughs) And my children weren't either. Okay. And the other day, they uh, did some celebrations about Woodstock. Oh, that's right. And I would take no part in that because those were a bunch of druggies and hippies. Oh, okay. All right. None of my people would have let their children go to Woodstock. Really? Okay. Really, yes. Okay. Were you into uh, the music of that era at all? Oh, or? of course. Always loved music. So what were some of your favorite singers or musicians? or? Well, let's see. Tony Bennett. Tony that Bennett. That sort of thing. You know. Frank Sinatra. Okay, yeah, Frank. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, we went to lots of stage shows and performances all over. My husband was very good about that. I don't think he really liked it as much as I did, but he might be in Iowa, and there was a program I wanted to see in St. Louis. He'd drive to Benton, get me, take me to St. Louis, and then drive me back to Benton, and then go back to Iowa where he was working. He was very good about that. Making me look bad. (laughs) Yeah, he, he made a lot of guys look bad. He was really special. Yeah. Wow. And how long were you married? 54 years. 54 years. That's a long time. Mm -hmm. Yes. You know, he traveled a lot. He left on Mondays and came home on Fridays. And you know, nobody gets along all the time. Sure. And once in a while, he'd leave on Monday, and I'd think, he'll never be back. (laughs) And to tell the truth, I didn't much care. (laughs) But by Friday, we were fine. (laughs) You know, that's interesting thought that... The, all that travel was maybe, in, in a way, a good thing. Oh, yeah. It was pleasant to see each other every weekend, yeah. yes. So by the time he came back, you're ready to see him again. Oh, sure. <laughs> <laughs> maybe I should try that. <laughs> so, and then what do you think about the Tony Bennett's, the Frank Sinatra, compared to the music of today? I mean, do you hear much of the music of today and how it compares? What do you think about that? Well, I think there's always some great music going on. You know, there's somebody out there who's composing something new that's wonderful. Mm -hmm. Now, as far as the heavy rock and the metal and all Mm -hmm. that, no, I can't see any good in that, but I do see some very good music during that period. Mm Mm-hmm. Up through I can't the seventies. What the name of it is right now, but I like lots of music, everything but country. <laughs> I appreciate the fact that these are very good musicians. I just don't like the genre. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a it's diplomatic a answer. Thing. Yes. Yeah. Is that a generational thing where the parents don't like the music that the kids listen to? I mean, did your parents not like your music, and did you not like your kids' music? Were your kids no, into heavy rock? and no, 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 really, my kids were into, well, they danced, and, you know. Okay, so they classical. Were really, yeah, classics, the classics, semi-classics, okay. the Broadway music. Oh, Broadway musicals. Yeah, so really, they didn't have rock music going in the bedrooms mm. loud or anything. So it sounds like your house was the exception, probably. 
I like to think so. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's a lot of uh, turn that music down going on. In well, you know, in my house, I also had a dance studio. And so I would go downstairs and teach dance. Oh, that's nice. And then once a week, I taught a ballroom class. Huh. And so the kids then would stay there and dance for a while, and we'd have um, potato chips and Cokes and things for them, you know, and we would always be there up and down. But, you know, it was just kind of the social thing of the week mm-hmm. in that little town where we lived. So I really didn't have a lot of that funny music I yeah. had. I had whatever music was there on my player. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, music sure has changed a lot. You know, actually, there's a, in pop music, it kind of goes in waves. And yes. sometimes it, it'll pull in a style from, you know, there was an Long ago, yeah, yes. I mean, it's amazing how, yes. you know, it almost... I, today, I, I sometimes hear a song that was of my mother's era. Huh. And it'd be done in a very nice arrangement. So this different sounds different, but mm-hmm. I know it's a song from long ago. Mm-hmm. What about Elvis? Did you like Elvis? I liked him. I went crazy about him. Just sort of. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think a lot of his stuff is very good, though. Yeah, he was a good singer, yes. wasn't he? And so were the Beatles. Yeah. Yeah. You know, my my daughters like the Beatles. I mean, mm-hmm. they listen to the Beatles. Yeah. Just like they would listen to, and I think it's kind of extraordinary how that music has. Stood the test. I mean, all the generations, yes, all the yes. decades, it still well, holds up. Well, you know, there's someone that comes along every generation, or maybe more than some. Mm-hmm. And so there's some good music in there mm-hmm. someplace. Yeah. So let's talk about, you know, how technology's changed through the years mm-hmm. and before computers, after computers, cell phones, smartphones, iPhones, mm-hmm. iPads. How have you seen the world change through all those transitions. Do you think it's a good thing where technology's gone to or is it are there some negatives to it? Well, I was kind of stubborn about all that. <laughs> when I got out of school, I could run every business machine known to man, I think, and I was managing offices. And then computers came on. Mm-hmm. And If they'd come out about 10 years earlier, I probably would have loved them, but I just didn't want to start over at Hmm. that point. Mm -hmm. So I kind of refused to have anything to do with them. And my husband said, how are you going to run a business without... I said, oh, we're going to have computers. I said, I think there's probably all kinds of people all over who are saying to somebody, do this or do that. Mm -hmm. And that's what I did. Mm -hmm. I had two male secretaries... And I asked them for what I needed, and they put it on my desk. So I really didn't go along with that much, and so I'm no good at it. Well, I'll return to technology in a minute, but you said something that was interesting. You sort of flipped the uh, gender stereotype there a little bit because you had male secretaries, right? Mm -hmm. So that was probably an anomaly in that time, wasn't it? I mean, usually... yes. I was doing all the hiring and the firing. When people came and applied, I said to them, do you mind working for a woman because you'll be working for me? And so I I paid attention to what they said, and uh, 
So I usually wound up hiring males. And d- did anyone say yes, they do mind? Not a bit. Hmm. Well, that's good. Well, of course, they were they wanting a job, but I believed them. And, and yeah. actually, it turned out that way. They, they would compliment me and tell me, oh, I wish I'd learned this. Hmm. I hope the next place I go appreciates how much I've learned here. Huh. You know? So you were ahead of your time have, being a female executive I like that. I hope so. This was, but, what, the 80s, the 70s, or probably? I guess the 80s. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Were you the exception or were you the norm in terms of your reaction to computers? When computers came out and you were a little resistant, were most people resistant or were most people excited about this new innovation? I'm trying to think of my friends. I would say probably half and half. Okay. Yeah, Yeah, that makes sense. And computers were probably... A little bit like TVs when they first came out, I was like, "Oh, there's a computer!" Oh, yes, you know, yes. the first computers were, yes. you know, as big I as was this a room. little bit afraid. You know, I'd been able to type a hundred words a minute. Oh wow! And then I was afraid to touch these computers. Uh-huh. You know, so it was quite a, a change for me, hmm. and maybe that's why I resisted. I don't know. I, thought, I didn't want to start over. You know. Oh, that makes sense. Well, I guess it's like with anything, you know, there's positives and negatives, right? Sure. Pros and cons. Sure. I certainly grew to appreciate what they could do for me. Mm-hmm. I just didn't want to do it. Yeah. Do you remember where you were when Neil Armstrong stepped out of the lunar I module? I was onto watching the... TV. I mean, how did yeah. that make you feel? Was that a... I thought that was wonderful. Yeah. I bet it seemed... Like, wow. This Never is, thought it would happen. Yeah. Yes. Wonder what else could happen that we can't dream of yet. Well, I think a lot of things are happening. Now, my grandson did have one of those cars that drives itself. He does? Yes. He does now. But I never got to ride in it, and he sold it. Oh, a Tesla? Yeah. Was it a yes, Tesla? Yes, it was a Tesla, yes. So would you get in it? Would you ride in it? Oh, yes. I wanted to, oh, but he, okay. he didn't get down here with it, and... Now nah, I can't go. Up. Oh. He was in Chicago. Well, pretty soon they'll all be driving themselves. So I thought when I was running the businesses, I really thought we'd all be flying helicopters to work. And I was living in a place that had a lot of land, and I could have landed one right mm-hmm. beside my house. And I had a business that had a flat roof, and I could land it on the mm-hmm. roof about 20 miles away. And I really thought that's what I'd be doing, but it didn't work out that way. Well, have you seen these drones that we have I now? I have, yes. I mean, that's yes. sort of like a helicopter yes. in a way, but, yes. uh, you know, pretty soon people will be zipping around in those things. I wish I could have been here. Amazon is already delivering packages with those yes. things. So yes. It's not too far off when it could be yes. a person. Yes. You know. I don't know why I resisted computers, because... I love fast cars. <laughs> <laughs> fast cars and computers. I'll tell you what I want is a jet pack. I want a jet pack where yeah. I can just, just fly around. Just fly yourself. <laughs> yeah. I would like to do that. It's be fun, wouldn't but it? But you know, I'm going to have to get to be an angel to do that, and I don't think that's possible. <laughs> so you could use wings instead of a jet yes. pack, right? Well, I'll tell you what. Is there anything that, because, you know, this will be on the Internet, and we'll be able to... Uh, you know, your friends and family and all your grandkids and great-grandkids 
can hear your thoughts and the world can find you. Is there anything you want to, this is your moment, the microphone's on. Is there anything you want to say to uh, future generations or? I hope I didn't say anything I have to be ashamed of. No, not at all. I do want to thank you because I love the Family Channel. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Well, we're glad you like it. I not only get pictures and messages from all my relatives, but I also get flowers nearly every day. I have a friend who goes out in her yard and takes a picture of her prettiest flower that day, and then she sends it to me, so I get flowers every day. (laughs) I love it. That is so cool. Yeah. Where does she live? Here. In Louisville, so yes. she'll take yes. a picture of a flower yes. and send you. Evidently, so you... she's got a really nice garden, and so it'll be different nearly every day. A new way <laughs> to send flowers to your wife. Click here to send flowers. There's a new feature. <laughs> That's a good idea. Yes, it is. It's hers, not mine. What's her name? Her name is Carol. Carol? Yes. Well, Carol... If you're listening, thank you for doing that for Miss Pat. That's uh, very cool and sweet, and uh, we might borrow that idea. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming down and spending time with us and telling your story and giving us your thoughts. And uh, this uh, wraps up episode number two of the Grand Tapestry podcast. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Grand Tapestry Podcast, brought to you by My Family Channel. Please visit us at myfamilychannel.com and be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite listening directory.